my first business to business sponsorship for the okay. podcast, which is yeah. super exciting. I think it's just like super perfect. My friend said his company is called Love Amped. Mm-hmm. He is a love coach and uh-huh. he's specifically, specifically a love coach around self-love mm-hmm. and having people um, develop uh, their own self-love and, and kind of guide them on their own self-love journey as their coach. Mm-hmm. And he created an online course called Blast Into Self-Love. It's a self-guided course. I just started it last week. So it's been an absolute opportunity for me to have that self-reflection and be like, okay, how much of this am I actually taking into consideration for myself? Yeah. And I guess what I wanted to share with people about it is that it's been so uh, peaceful and humbling, but also really fun because Seth is such a fun person. Yeah. And so in his videos, he's just like, it's like he's holding your hand being Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like, what's up? Like, tell me about this, you know, talk to me. Like, it's so like, even though it's a video, like, I feel like he's like there Mm -hmm. with me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And of course, like taking this course, you do have the opportunity to reach out to Seth personally Mm -hmm. and ask him any questions that you may have. Um, But yeah. And I think that, you know, this ties in with, you know, your own journey of, mm-hmm. of self-love and like how important that is to, to go on that journey. Right. Right. I love that. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So the other thing about Seth's course is that, um, uh, he has partnered with me, mm-hmm. uh, which is super exciting. So he's partnered with love dripping from the walls. So anybody who uses the link below to, uh, register for the course gets mm-hmm. 10% off. Of the course. So the course itself is um, $327. There's over a hundred videos. They're all like pretty short. They're all between like two to 10 minute um, videos and content and journal exercises that you all do on your own pace. Um, The link below has a 10% off coupon. So that puts it underneath um, $300, puts that in that like top $200 range, uh, which is super affordable. You know, both you and I have gone through personal development courses and that's like so cheap. Like I was, I was like, Oh my God, that's so accessible for so many people. Right. Right. And if it's it's, it's effective, amazing. And Mm -hmm. it's available to you in video form so you can watch it whenever. Is that what he's saying then? I mean, it's like, basically. yeah, you, you buy it and then there's no expiration date. It's not like, a, oh, if you don't watch it in 60 days and the video disappears, like there's no expiration date, right? hundred percent money back guarantee. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay, cool. I love it. Anyone who's promoting self-love on a real level to give people a sense of self and that space of I'm good. Am I taking care of myself? Am I good? I'm like, I'm all for that. So mm-hmm. Seth, keep on keeping on. I love it. Get your 10% off people. Okay. <laughs> on your journey. I love that. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seth Pearson, blast into self-love. The link is below. Go ahead, check it out. Get your 10% discount coupon and just like blast into self-love y'all.
Thank you for joining me on Love Dripping from the Walls. My name is Elizabeth Cunningham, and I am the host of the show, Love Dripping from the Walls. And today we have an amazing conversation with one of my very great friends, uh, Victoria Tangata. And she is a woman who uh, immigrated to the United States from East Africa when she was very young and has pretty much grown up most, most of her life uh, in the United States. Uh, and she is a soon-to-be author of a book that she recently wrote. It's called Dancing With Myself, and it's the, uh, the story, it's a Black woman's personal journey to self-love during COVID-19. And I've seen some of the photography and artwork that you have done around that. And I'm just so excited to, to read, read the book as well. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So the conversation that we're having today is a conversation between sisters, between friends, between Queens, um, of having awkward conversations that move things forward, having heart to heart, really awkward, sometimes tough conversations, but that lead to love, freedom, self-expression between two humans that love each other. Absolutely. I'm yeah. all for Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and to be in this conversation with you. So thank you for having making this platform and having this available and being in these kind of conversations. So I'm excited. I said, I'm in quarantine. I'm trying to be famous. Put me on everything. That's right. I mean, that, that was my goal in quarantine. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to just like focus on, you know, being hella famous and get my, get my message out there. To get a YouTube channel started. I really, really, really want to. And I feel like, that's one thing I felt like I wasted a little bit of my quarantine. Not necessarily, but I feel like I should have. And I still have time, but go ahead. You could start it today. I could. What would you make your YouTube channel about? I would, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If I did make a YouTube channel, it would be asking people. I always like the question, what matters to you? I don't know why I like the question, but I like the question of like asking them and going, no, really, what right now, right now matters to you? Like, that's your focus right now. That's the thing you, you like, it could be your dog. It could be, but like when people really answer it, not like that, what matters is that the world and this, and, and nothing wrong with that. Okay, right. no, nothing wrong with pageant answers. I love them too, if you feel that way. But I love it when people really tell you what really like matters to them at the time of their life, whatever point they are. Yeah. You really dig down, like everybody has their own special answer. And mm -hmm. I just love hearing that, yeah. Yeah, no, I, lo I love that. I think that's great. Well, I mean, that's, that's what I do on this podcast is like, it's almost asking the question of, you know, like, what's love to you? Mm -hmm. What, it, what mm -hmm. is love to you? What, how does love show up for you? How do you use love in your work? You know, I've talked to, on the show, I've talked to professors, I have um, talked to therapists, mm -hmm. I've talked to life coaches and love coaches. I've talked to um, you know, people that work at insurance companies, you know, like, you know, like um, 
all like all across, you know, like uh, I talked to a mom that works for the government. I talk, you know, I talked to like a, um, a new mom and expecting mom, you know what I mean? Like, so, and we talked about all sorts of different things, but it really is, you know, the, the mission of my podcast is, well, the mission, my mission in the world, like my bit, my mission in the, in my business mm-hmm. um, is to expand the conversation of love in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And my podcast is one way that I, that I do that. Right. I love that. Right. And so why I wanted to talk to you was because in expanding the conversation of love in the world, um, there's this intersectionality that we're in a conversation of in our country and, and in the world right now of, you know, how does race play a part in our relationships and in our, in the, our systems of government and in our daily lives and in our schools and, you know, like all across the board, right? And what we were talking about earlier this week that had us come be here now um, was how does, how does race play a role in friendship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big one. That was, and I mean, it's funny because it's like the backstory. I almost want to give the backstory to us just for a second, just to give the, the, yeah. the now story of why we're talking about this. But I think it's funny that like the fact that we, for those who don't know, I mean, whatever about the relationship and the fact that we were in a bar, like, I don't know, a year or two ago, <laughs> and we're over here signing um, a napkin <laughs> where we're like, Victoria and Elizabeth, what was it like? We were going to be friends forever or something? Yeah, like we're going to be best friends forever. Yeah. And we, we right. made a pact on a napkin in a bar. <laughs> a little tipsy. And I'm pretty sure we had the bartender sign it too. Yeah, we had a witness. We <laughs> so we were the queens. It was Victoria and Elizabeth, the two queens, are signing this agreement. You know, I love it because it is so my M.O., to do something spontaneous like that in a bar. Yeah, right? me too. You, yeah. So for me, I'm thinking, you know, I love this. I mean, I've always loved you at the end of the right. day, right? And I love you. And I think throughout time, and I know that we haven't had a lot of time to hang out, you know, with our lives and everything. I think with everything that happened, it was interesting that when you did text me, while we're talking about this, when you text me recently saying, how are you? And I was like, mm, you know. If somebody's trying to check in on me, they better call because I'm not writing my whole life story on how I'm feeling right now about the state of the world because I was I was just in a horrible place, right? And I remember I think I made it short. I was like, I'm good, you know, working on my book, my project, and I made it so like quick. It was like two sentences, yeah. It was like, I'm good, I'm working on this, and yeah. I was, yeah. And then I was like, oh well, I saw your uh, twin pictures on, on social media. and then and they're really cool and you were like yeah "Yeah, great thanks (laughs) literally I was like yeah mm -hmm, thanks that's it okay cool bye so I was really surprised when you did when we did talk and you told me your experience which I think you should for your audience give the experience like you had in order to even call me two weeks later what was that for you what had you want to talk about it yeah, so we were in our, thanks for asking. I'm like, this is great. Um, yeah, so we, we went to the Zoom um, sisterhood uh, circle on Monday. Um, so for, for audience, the audience, um, uh, Victoria and I are 
uh, just have a mutual mutual group of friends that hold a monthly sisterhood circle. It's just a safe space to talk about the state of the world, to talk about different things, just like totally judgment-free zone and always have amazing conversations. And I, I love those ladies. Yeah. Um, and what's sure. that? Women supporting women for sure. This is it's the vibe every month. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just women supporting women in, in whatever comes up. And there was um, a, a point in the conversation where when we were talking about current events. I'm trying to, to describe it and like not share any, right. anything that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> uh, but there was a point in the conversation where um, race got brought up and uh, everything that's going on in the Black Lives Matter movement and it's majority white women um, on the call. And it just opened up this space of just like a sigh of relief of being able to be like, oh my God, now, now we can actually talk about this, right? Yeah. And um, how the conversation went um, just indicated to me like how weird I was with you. <laughs> And so I, so after I got off the call, I texted you. Oh, okay. Well, I can share this because you said this. Okay. Because yeah. we were talking about awkward conversations and you were yeah. like, you were like, have, have awkward conversations, have mm -hmm. one awkward conversation that's followed up by five awkward actions. Right. Exactly. And why right. I mean, remember it was basically like we were in this conversation with that right giving away inside of people for the first time that group taught having awkward conversations for them. Like this is awkward, but it's freeing. We, we really got that it was awkward to bring up. Cause like you said, it was that group is majority white women. And there's only a few people who jump on black women who jump on. And I'm one of those people. And it was amazing to really go from surface conversation to the deep, awkward, but freeing conversation. And I think that probably you're going to get to, but that opened something up for you that had you call me. Yeah, absolutely. So I texted you and I said, hey, do you want to have an awkward conversation? I was so for it. I was like, I don't even know what she's about to call and really talk about. <laughs> but anyways. <sighs> yeah, so I called. So we, we ended up talking and I was just like, hey, I've been really weird with you. And like, Cause there was, um, it was even before the conversation where, oh yeah. So I texted you about that night, mm -hmm. um, this, the, about the night that happened two years ago or whatever, because mm -hmm. we took a picture of the pact and yes. we put it on social media. And so then I got a reminder on my social media that was like your memory from two years ago or whatever. And so then I texted you and you were like, oh, um, you should repost that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then I didn't hear nothing. And I was like, oh, I guess not. You don't have to. I was like, I was like, that's a great memory. It but was yeah. a great memory. It was awesome. It was amazing. And then I didn't respond back to you. And mm -hmm. then after a certain point, I was like, oh, well, then I'm starting to like make up shit in my head where I'm just like, oh, I'm a bad friend. And now it's weird. And now I can't talk about it. And mm -hmm. da, 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 da. like, it's just like, you know, my humanity just like yeah. rolling over in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I wanted like the day that I wanted to like reach out, I was like, okay, stop being a weirdo and just reach out to Victoria. And, <laughs> <laughs> but that was the day that I saw a post. It was a couple days after the George Floyd murder. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And uh, I saw a post from a friend of mine who's also a black woman. Mm -hmm. And she was like, stop reaching out to your black friends to see if they're okay. And so then I was like, damn it. Like Mm -hmm. now I don't want it to be like a, I'm reaching out to you just because you're black and Mm -hmm. you're a white friend and da da da. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang it. Like I, now I don't want to make it more awkward. Okay. Well maybe I'll wait a little bit and then fast forward like later to the sisterhood circle. And I was like, stop it, Elizabeth. Just like stop the shenanigans and you love this girl, like reach out to her. And so, yeah, so that, that led to the, uh, to the, Hey, want to have an awkward conversation text message to win to then you responded. I don't know if you want to tell your response. (laughs) Yes. I got on the call with me. Elizabeth's on the call with me and she's explaining this. Right. And I'm like, you know, I, it's it's funny when you're, actually dealing with the conversation at hand and like what was what was my reaction at the time you text right and I remember going oh my god I guess I was annoyed I was like "Mm, I'm not trying to text how I'm really feeling when I'm really feeling something if you're a friend pick up the phone and call me and that's what I experienced on the text that day right it was like if you call me that's why I kept it short so when you called me to talk about it I was so happy because I was like I think it was in my space as much as it was in your space but Mm -hmm. we weren't talking about it right and so but the other thing for me was just, I, I know that I told you, I was like, I have a few white friends right now that I'm, you know, they're bad and wrong in my head. You know, <laughs> they are not checking, you know, how am I feeling? Because we were checking it before. We were happy hour every other weekend. We were doing stuff, but now we want to stay. So I was coming from also a lot of um, reactions myself. Let's put it that way, right? About the, the state of the world and, and, and really just a lot of my good friends who are white, who I just felt like, what happened? You know, you went silent. So when you said something to me, I was, the thought that came up was how many of them are thinking the same way? I hope, I hope it's not the case because what I loved about what you said, the bravery to just say, that's what was there for me. I didn't want to be that white person who's like, oh, now I'm checking in. And remember I told you what I said to you was, honestly, I think sometimes when you're faced with, you're faced with being authentically with what's so for you. Mm-hmm. other things will come in the space to challenge that. Right. And I remember you telling me that it was that morning that you sent, um, no, 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 you text. No, you, you meant to text me or you meant to call or whatever, but you didn't because you saw that post. Right. And then later on is when you were texting me, right? Yeah. But it was like the moment you thought to message me, that post shouldn't have had, at least, you know, I can't tell you how to react to things, obviously, right? But for me, it was almost like when you're challenged with, the love you have for people, you have to dismiss the bullshit um, things people might say about that, right? right? And I I remember going, Elizabeth, I've been waiting for you to call because you are my friend. And yes, I could have called you, but there's that feeling of like, please don't allow no cliche Facebook post to ever come between us. Right. Okay. Because it could have, it, you know, it could have been... It'd be weird to say, like, women are dealing with something to all my guy friends. are like, I don't want to be that guy friend calling my women friends because all, you know, all the guy friends, you know, it's weird. It's like, if you're my friend, who cares what the world says about this or that, right? Right. You would call. But the beauty for me is there are people right now who might not be doing it because they're in that space of guilt or I don't know how to come across. And I the beauty of awkward conversations for me is. When you're being real about it, like when you said to me, I, this is what happened. I was like, oh my God, let's talk. This is beautiful. Let's talk about yeah. this. Let's break it up. 
you know, let's get, let's get back to the love and look at what had you, you know, what would have you honor something like a post versus honor loving me and calling and checking in. And we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and what you said was so obvious because <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Where it was just like, duh, like obviously um, looking at it from that point of view where it's like, okay, are you going to go with the love that you have for your friend? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to go with like some whatever Facebook post, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, duh, like what? It, and it just became so clear. It was like, okay, obviously like, the the quote-unquote right course of action Mm -hmm. is to or or like I I don't want to say it that way um the the action that would be authentic for me you know because Mm -hmm. I am someone who who comes from love who espouses love who talks about Mm -hmm. love all the all the time have a podcast about love have a business about love um where it was just like duh (laughs) texting I could sense the love Right. But I could sense hesitation. Yeah. And I was such in a weird spot myself that I just didn't have room for no one else's shit. I was just like, I'm good. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew, I knew you would, you, I knew there was someone you were trying to reach out. Yeah. And I also felt like, you know, we're all grown at this point. We need to get to the habit of not texting folks when we really do want to know how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's black lives matter because i'm black you're my friend and you want to check in on that or it was something else that had to do with me as a human being in in another space of you know maybe women like me or i don't know if i was a real estate agent and we were going through something as agents right and you were like let me check in on my girl who's an agent if that was the case right but my thing is i knew you wanted to reach out because i could sense it and i could sense the hesitation and at the end of the day, I hope that out of listening to this podcast, whoever's listening is, if you're hesitating because you want to come across a certain way, put yourself on the side for a second and then put your commitment in the front. What is my commitment? I knew you loved me, which is why you even called to have the awkward conversation. You knew my commitment is bigger than that. Right. It's like you have a conversation that cleans the space and has this return to something. It has nothing to do with just her being a black woman, this and that. My commitment is Victoria is a friend of mine. Right. And I'm having come, you know, come, come against what I'm really committed to. And what we got to made me feel so happy because there's so many stuff I had to, you know, own inside of my own reaction and the stuff you own. But it led us to, okay, we need to remember that in the future is we are human beings at the end of the day. And when someone, when you're dealing with something, or if I'm dealing with something, I got to look at my commitment to you and not to who, what, where has to say about that. Right. Right. And I just, I love that you called. I love that you wanted to have that conversation. Yeah. And I, I'm just so happy that you uh, are someone who is receptive to that conversation. And you're just such, I mean, that's, that's why we're friends, right? It's because we're both committed to love. We're both committed Mm -hmm. to growth. Like we both just like ooze like happiness in the world And, uh, you know, one of the things that I love that you said on the call was as soon as you have a commitment to something, then automatically there's going to be some test to that, right? Like I had a commitment, I was resolved to call you. Mm -hmm. And then what showed up was that Mm -hmm. social media post. I was like, stop checking on on your black friends, whatever. I was just like, and, and instead of being like, 
sticking with my commitment and being like, no, Victoria is a great friend of mine. I love her to pieces. I want to know how she is and tell right. her that I love her. And uh, instead I was faced with that, you know, decision and I didn't stick to my commitment. And that's, you know, that's what happened. It happens. And I mean, it really is, it, I mean, for someone who believes in God, I believe in God. And one of the things I always say is when I pray for patience, he will put me in traffic. <laughs> you know, I pray for a man, he will make sure I'm alone for a few days. Because <laughs> you know what, God, I mean, I believe that you don't get, you don't get what you're looking for without having to deal with the challenges that come with the do I want it? How committed am I? Right? Yeah. And for me, for me, it's almost like it took you a few steps, but you still like took the opportunity to go, I'm not missing another opportunity in this. Right. I'm not missing an opportunity to have a conversation with her. I've been challenged. This didn't work. I don't know why I honor that. I'm going back to my original thought. Hey, Vic, let's talk. I've been weak. And I'm like, yo, so have I. <laughs> but you're right. It's like as soon as you're committed to something, I promise you there will be challenges that show up to really have you question, how committed am I really? Right. That mattered to me. And I knew it mattered to you because of how you brought up the conversation after the fact, even after, meaning like you could have continued your, you know, your moments of, we had our moment in our, you know, um, women's circle. I got to see her there. We got to say hi and we connected. I wanted to call her again and tell her I love her. And why? You didn't have to, right? Right. I'm like, you were like, mm, not missing my opportunity again. Let's talk back. And I, yeah, so I feel like there's always a chance to pick up where you have fallen. It's never too late. And remember what I said to you because of this? I was like, I swear to God, if you're dealing with that, there are other white people dealing with this, right? right. There is hesitation because you don't want to be that. And I'm going, who gives a shit about who you're being inside of your commitment to those you love? Whatever, whoever they are and whatever they're dealing with, right? So I'm, I'm glad we were willing to have this conversation for that reason. Yeah, and, and you're so welcome. And uh, yeah, and I really loved what you said about that. That leads to, for me, that leads to like the one, one awkward conversation, five awkward actions, right? So it's like, okay, like what, you know, um, to, you know, to whoever else is listening or to like any white people who are listening who have had this kind of back and forth with like their black friends or their, um, uh, their friends who are like people of color or what, what have you, yeah. um, that it's like, okay, go back to your commitment, mm -hmm. you know, to this person that you love and then be willing to have that awkward conversation. And it might just be an awkward conversation with yourself and the action might be call them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Find out, That's, find out what's up. Like, and for me, the one thing I did take away from it um, is, you know, I'm not exempt from picking up the phone and sharing how I'm doing either. I don't have to wait for anyone to call me to check in on me. Mm -hmm. And it's not when it happens, bottom line. I know I've been inside of a lot of conversations where even whether it's watching media or being in the, what's happening right now. And it's had me like, pull back and just didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And so those who have reached out, it's been nice to just have a conversation about it. And there are times where I don't know what I'm feeling about it because I'm just so still inside of upset or this or that, that I know I don't always have room. But what I did take away from our interaction was if someone texts me, how are you? And I can sense they're trying, right? Mm -hmm. I could say, you know what? I'm good. But if you really want to know, right? I could say, if you really want to know, I'd, 
we could schedule a call. I could really let you know, right? Because yeah. it's like, if you honestly want to know, I should be able to communicate text is not the best way for you to ask me this question as well. And I could be in an awkward conversation with my friends who might text me that. And instead of me like, ow, you know, I don't know why you, you know, I don't have to make them wrong either. Yeah. I'm glad we had our moment because who knows, I might've just continued on with my life or whatever and you with your life. And I'm glad you interrupted it. But I also could have taken ownership of, I know Elizabeth loves me. I don't, you know, maybe she doesn't know what's to, so I, we could have gotten to it sooner had I just said, Hey, I'm not doing well, but give me a call. And we, I'm happy to talk about it. Right. But instead, yeah. I, so I think it's a two way road too. that if there are people who don't always know how to reach out, but they still want to reach out yeah. and dismissed either just because I'm not a texter does not mean that other people aren't okay with, you know, texting back and forth how they're doing either. But yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the two of us are definitely a lot more talkers than Texas, <laughs> for sure. That's 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 both of us. And I know that, like, you know, there's people um, in my life who um, have to write things out. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's their process. That's how they process emotions. That's how they say what they want to say in the most authentic way to say it for them. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I've had, um, interactions with people where, you know, maybe, um, even the same day or maybe even within that week, yeah. I'll like a Facebook message or a text message or even a letter, yeah. um, that's like, okay, we had this conversation and these are the things that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of, you know, instead of making it wrong, instead of it being like, why, why didn't you just say it? Like, why didn't you just say it then? you know, um, but just being, <laughs> but just like, who cares? You know, it's just, they're it's, it now. Um, yeah, they're saying it now. And this is something that's really important to them. And again, going back to that commitment, like I love this person mm-hmm. and I want to have a, I want to continue to have a loving relationship with them. And if mm-hmm. this is the way that they're communicating with, with me, then that's, you know, that's the way that they're communicating with me. And, and if it becomes unworkable, then being able to communicate about that, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, look, I know that you have to write things out, but maybe I just tell you what's on my mind. You go write it out and then we talk about it later. Right. I don't know. I agree with you. Some people need space to figure out how they want to communicate. So it lands for the person mm-hmm. they're communicating with. And I am like, Whatever your form of communication is, use it, but still communicate, right. you know, hesitate to communicate. So mm-hmm. I could have said what I needed to say, but I'm glad that I, ca- you know, I have the kind of friend who saw an opportunity and jumped in and I was available for it. And I was like, oh, hey, welcome to the party. <laughs> I could have invited you to, you know, the feeling of, hey, I could have said something, but so much <laughs> happened. And I'm, you know, I'm so used to people texting me, how are you too? And yeah. I'm, I'm Still not a fan whether it's inside black lives matter my own life whatever anytime i'm going through something and people text how are you it just and like my just call if you really know i'm dealing with shit just call <laughs> no i i actually do and it's funny that you say that and i think we talked about this the other day too because it's mm-hmm. funny that i was the one that texted you you know how are you yeah. Um, because I feel the same way because I'm always up to a lot of stuff. I'm always doing a lot of stuff, especially with like the world of affairs and the way that things are right now. And yeah. what I'm up to inside of that, it's like, when people text me, how are you? It's, mm-hmm. it's just like, I, how can I possibly tell you mm-hmm. in a text and message? 
And it's funny because I actually want to also just accredit it to the whole strong woman thing, right? Whether strong black women, strong women, whatever, right? But I do feel like for me, every time I've gotten a text, how are you from me? I'm like, I'm not good. I need you to call. I'm not strong right now. I, I need, you know, and I'm like, I think people, when they assume you're strong all the time, they yeah. just, they kind of are like texting, how are you from, she could be good. I mean, she seems good. I mean, she always seems okay. So I'm just going to make, I'm just checking. Let me just slip this little note under the door. Right. Versus, right. I'm human. Regardless of how confident I occur online and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I have feelings and emotion regard, regardless of whatever it is we're dealing with. I'm human. And if you know there is some impact to my humanity inside of some subject, I need you to call and not assume that I'm strong enough. Because even if I'm strong enough for it, it is still a gift to have someone care enough to want to have a conversation, to allow yourself to like speak things that you have been thinking to yourself or even like just to speak out loud how you feel regardless of whatever the subject is it gives you power to have an ear to listen to really hear you inside of whatever you're dealing with and that's the biggest like I gotta be honest that is the biggest like like I want to say sadness to my life is moments where I feel like I have been so confident and strong inside of how I behave and all that and nothing wrong because I am and I still deal with something like, I deal with depression, right? I've dealt with that. And I have moments of that. And I have moments of so much about my past that comes up or present moment that I don't always show those sides, but I'm so grateful for friends who know me well enough yeah. to still call, to still go, I know Vic, and how are you? And I'm like, thank you. So it's, yeah, I think it's important for women like us who are very strong, want to also be the, the leading like whatever, to calling people all the time, like to literally checking in on people. I just did that today because there was a girl on the shower that wasn't a part of, you know, the Zoom call. And I just wanted to call and be like, yo, you weren't there. I just want to check in. How are you? And she's like, you know, I'm good. Actually, I was just busy. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I got to check on my strong ones because when you're not present, you know, and now I, like, it comes up for me that way. When someone's not present in my space that I know is usually present in right. the space, physically or whatever, and I know they're a strong woman and they're a go-getter, nowadays is I make a point to just reach out to them and just be like, yo, I already know you're from my tribe, so what you're not telling folks, you can tell me what's going on. And, I, you know, we need to check mm -hmm. in on each other. Yeah, I, I think you make an excellent, excellent point because it is, it is something, especially, like you said, you know, both of us being really strong women and being mm -hmm. seen as really mm -hmm. strong women, you know, like, mm -hmm. Um, we, we've gone through things before where we have to interview people in our lives of like, you know, how, how do people see us and stuff? Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, the thing that people say about me is like, you know, oh, you're a badass and like, you're so strong and you're bold and like, you take no prisoners and like, yeah. always, you know, you always go after it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then when I share things with people, like I have a hard time dealing with my emotions and I have a hard time expressing my yeah. emotions, especially when I have a hard time dealing with my emotions, do I have a hard time expressing yeah. um, those, yeah. those emotions that I'm, that I'm grappling with. Mm -hmm. And the first time that I should, and to me, that's not like, I've always felt that way, you know, mm -hmm. like that's yeah. something that I've always dealt with. Yeah. And uh, when I started expressing that, the surprise mm -hmm. that I got from people, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh my God, like, 
you you don't you you have a hard time expressing anger and sadness and frustration and you know all this stuff and but you're so expressive like you how is that and it's just like yeah it's like that's that's just one of my things and so yeah like we know where we shine to some level we know where we 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 know how we come across to others there are times where we use ourselves to just like I don't know. I don't know. It's weird to say it like that, but sometimes there's moments where I'm like, I know I'm dealing with something, but I need this win outwardly. And it's not really a win. It's more like I'm being a certain way with people outwardly because I'm just like, I'm also the person who doesn't like to burden people with my shit, my yeah. stuff, you know, let's be honest, but not like burden, but more like I'm the person who's like, because I didn't grow up expressing myself from you know, not, no judgment, just like I'm sad. I'm this, I want to talk about it. I didn't grow up that way. I was so, so strong that the muscle of hiding it became a little stronger than the muscle of revealing it. But what came after that too was the muscle of, I'm an outgoing person. Mm -hmm. But the balance of being outgoing and, and expressing myself in a way that I don't, like later on sit back and go, oh my God, did I say it too much? I'm that person. I, I also overthink some of the things I share, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm starting, to, I'm starting to get that it's not that I don't know how to express myself at times it's that i judge whatever expression is coming out because i've trained myself to be so strong all the time yeah and now i'm starting to get i want to train myself in being what with whatever is really there and communicating it to those who love you who hold space for that not everybody also deserves that because some people will hear it and go oh well shit she ain't, you know, some people might not hear it and want to do anything with it. They're more like, well, at least I'm not doing as bad as her, right? So you got to know share, you know, your heart with and give yourself to. I'm learning that, but I'm also learning, you also just got to give your heart sometimes because you're not used to doing that. Just keep giving the sense of, I am human. I am out here. I am trying to live this life. And I'm tired of pretending otherwise because it's killing me, you know? So we just, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, is that something, um, is that something that you feel, do you feel like you've had to become, be strong because you're a woman or do you also feel like, or is it because of like your family or do you feel like you've had to be that strong because you're black or like, do you, you know what I mean? Like all of the above, all of the above. <laughs> um, seriously, all of the above. And it started mm -hmm. out, I want to say it started out with like childhood, like as a kid, I had to be strong. I grew up in poverty. I grew up in, you know, a thorough country. I grew up with nothing, right? So I had to be strong for myself for survival's sake. Not even, like, emotionally. Just survival's sake, right? Yeah. And then you leave from survival as a kid. You become the adult who's still trying to survive, right? The same way. I'm still an eight-year-old going, is mom coming home? Is somebody going to feed me? Is everything okay? But it's new now. It's, it's mm -hmm. do my friends know that I'm not feeling, you know, do I even have friends? <laughs> like damn you know like same same world different girl right it's like I'm, I'm the adult now dealing with that and so for me the one thing that I feel like I needed to be strong for myself first of all I just I knew I needed to be strong and I'm not even mad at the strength I've had throughout my life to have the circumstances I've lived through and all the things I've dealt with and now that I'm in my 30s, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, but there's a point where it was like, when you realize you're good now, you don't have to now. So anytime I do it now inside of like, oh, I'm good. And it's like, what are you doing right now? Like, really? Like, nobody, 
Nobody needs that. They need you to be you right now. If you're not good, let them know. Because at the end of the day, too, the other thing I realized is I'm responsible for me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And inside of that responsibility is taking care of me. And what I didn't get as a kid is this sense of I'm okay if I express myself. I need to be strong. And now that I'm an adult who is good, who like physically all that stuff is good, I now have to be responsible for my state of mind with people and express really how I feel. Because at the end of the day, the only relationship that matters to me is the one they have with me where I'm being me in all the ways and they accept me as much as I accept them, that they're allowed to be human. And I'm just noticing now as I'm getting older and things like being a black woman, I mean, that's been the case for so long for me since I've been, you know, old enough to even like have a job. Mm. The struggle of being a black woman inside of the world of now, the world, work, work world, I can't speak. Um, That has already been a struggle trying to be something for others or trying to be a certain way to, you know, get ahead. And that just got tiring, which is why I started my own businesses. But especially in America where you're already as a black woman, I mean, God, the statistics tell you everything. We're at the lowest of the, you know, the totem pole of so much shit that you learn early on. If you don't got you, nobody has you, right? Like that feeling. And that feeling comes with protecting yourself constantly. But now that I'm older and I feel like the world is changing inside of, I'm so glad. I'm so happy at what I'm seeing in the world of like, yo, it's time for people to start expressing how they feel about their, exp- their experience in this black, in being black American and being the, you know, a black person in America, period. African American me, right? Mm-hmm. And for the first time for me, I'm feeling like how the gift I can give to those around me is to be a black woman fully expressed, especially in the places where I feel like I'm failing or the places I feel like I'm sad, the places I feel like it's not cool. It's time for me to now come from, I'm not even trying to complain. I'm letting you know my experience and it is not fun. And I might not feel great about it tomorrow. I might still be pissed tomorrow. I might still be, you know, sad about it tomorrow, but I'm allowed to have now that space instead of pretending to be something so I can appease the world outside me. I'm so tired of trying to please the world outside me and, and have them be comfortable, whoever they are, is where I'm at in life now. Yeah. I want to be comfortable. And I want my friends to be people I can call a friend because they allow me to have all the facets, including the ones I was hiding under some mask, right? I'm like, I'm ripping it off. And I'm like, yo, if you, if you stick around, we good. And if you don't, well, shit, you weren't going to handle the real me then anyways, you know? And that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. Well, who, like, who, who or what were Mm -hmm. you trying to appease before? Like, where, where did it show up for you? Um, for me, it started, like, I could tell you, I came to America and I didn't speak a word of English, right? So, when did you come come to America, by the way? To America in 93. The end of 1993. Okay. Yeah, eight. And, um, I, I, I spoke like high and I think a couple of words, right? And so I was, I was already put in a school where um, like, you know, teachers were like, you know, speaking extra loud to me, like as if, you know, you can, you can hear English better when you're yelling. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I can't hear you any differently if you yell at me. Ellen <laughs> is now the same gibberish yelling. Instead of the same gibberish not yelling. <laughs> this is just me ke- being confused at another yeah. volume. Like, that's it. Victoria, 
do you understand? I'm like, what is, how is this, how am I the child right now? And you're the one leaning down, trying to talk extra loud in my face while you're breathing on me. Anyways, my point is, my point is for me, what was the question? The question was, um, when did you, now I'm losing track. No, you're fine. Uh, my question was, um, like, where do you find that you have to appease people? Ah, yeah. So starting with that, um, me being African, coming to America, being made fun of severely, mm. severely, severely, um, by kids. Um, for, really for, what, for, like, not being able to speak English oh, or, like, no. for... This is a story you hear a lot from Africans to African-American okay. relationships, is mm -hmm. a lot of us Africans come to America and then we have African-American people, kids like us, who make fun of us, right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's a dance that we, I have so many African-American friends where we now talk about and we laugh and we're like, yep, that was, yup, you, but it's a thing. When we were kids, it was just, for whatever reason, the African-American kids that I was around, um, to me being the African, would make fun of me a lot, period. Um, to a point where my brother was fighting a kid every other day. You know, my brother was the soldier of everything. Like, he just was not having it any time anybody picked on me. And, um, yeah. but, and I always was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just want to be friends with people. And I don't get why I'm such someone they don't like. I don't know why, right? And it wasn't even like they didn't like me. I didn't talk to anyone. It just was. So that moment for me, I, I realized I have to put on a mask in order to either be what they want, whether it was them, by the way, too. But then it was almost like you started looking at other aspects of where is it that I don't fit in and how can I fit in? And as a kid, you don't have the wherewithal to come up with, fuck fitting in, screw it, I don't need to fit in. I'm, you know, for me at least, especially when you don't know the language too, you're just like, man, I'm in Mars and I need to fit in with these Martians. So <laughs> regardless, white, black, whoever, whether the yeah. kids make it, or you, by the way, I have some white kids make fun of me too, bottom line. But it was majority that. But regardless, for me, it was like, okay, I want to get along with you guys, all of you. So I started to become more pleasing or maybe more like, you know, I, I'm not about, you know, any drama, but I really, you know, so constantly, where even like someone would continue making fun of me, I still might be showing up like, why, why, why? Versus, you know what, forget you. Let me move on with my life, right? And so when you start becoming a people pleaser inside of, I just want them to like me because I'm not doing anything wrong, but they still don't like me. You forget that you were never doing anything wrong to begin with. And then you start building a muscle of always trying to please people inside of whatever you think is not enough about you to them. So I feel like as a kid is when it started. And then every time I was thrown into a different scenario, I was still the Kenyan girl thrown into, because I'm still not the American who's been around, done this and that. So I was still, so many scenarios for me were different. I went from, you know, a school up north to an all-girls school, Catholic school. Like, and I'm the person who clearly chose hella different experiences to have as a young person. I really want to say that because I'm pretty sure I feel like I chose it. I mean, my sister, nobody wanted me to go to private school in that way. Like, they were just like, oh, still, you know, it's far away. You don't need to do all that. And I'm like, no, I want to go. And <laughs> I was thrown into so many scenarios that were different that I started to almost become a chameleon inside of how do I become pleasing to this group and that group and that. And the more I did that, the more I lost a sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I, remember, I think when I was 30, I was hitting 30 and I was like, man, I really do not want to give a shit. 
Like that came up for me. Like that was a wish. Like, oh my God, for my birthday, I really just want to continue. I want to, from 30 on, I don't want to give a shit. I'm so tired of giving a shit. Yeah. But it's because of all the different comp- places I, I was, I put myself, but then decided I need to be a certain way to please them. And maybe I didn't, but it became a survival mechanism. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as a black woman, it became, there are places I felt like you have to, if you want to keep the job. You have to if you get, you know, if you're gonna be a part of this committee or something, right? And so it was like, I'll give him a little something, something, a little sense of me, but I gotta gauge them. How much can I give without them, you know, deciding to label or call me something else? Mm. That got tiring, and that's been tiring, and I feel like that's where I'm at in my life now, where I'm like, I, I'm tired of trying to be anything for anyone but myself. Yeah. I love, me and my actions are authentic and, and, and pure to me, that is all that matters now. And I'm so glad that there's a movement now that's really having us be seen, I guess, is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hear, you know, your story is so similar to the stories of the, um, the people in this movement and like um, the black leaders in this movement and different interviews that have been coming out and um, um, with like all this conversation about it is the theme that I keep hearing is that appeasing theme like who do I need to be and how do I need to gauge this situation so that I can be me but still be okay in like keep the job or move things forward or not step on toes or not be labeled anything mm-hmm. you know that's the, your your experience seems to echo the experience of a lot of um black people in in america yeah. right Especially when you for me it's like i've been at jobs where i'm like i saw it happen to her i'm not trying to be that right like you see like somebody stood up and then got let go or something like that and you're just like well damn you know, then you start noticing where you're, you're holding back because you're like, whether, whether it's even like if you keep the job and people are looking at you sideways every day because you, for the first time, wanted to go, no, that doesn't make sense to me. No, I think I've been here long. No, you know, in a meeting where others have the, like, the, like the, the bravery to say whatever they want. And every time you say something, you're looked at like, are you, I mean, you seem upset. And I'm like, I'm not, am I not allowed upset? I mean, everybody else seems to, you know, but if I say something, so when you see it in other black women you're working with, when they're just, when they say something, you can feel them. You're like, oh my God, I am, I'm right there with you. And now I have to deal with like, they might, you know, look at you sideways for that or might let you go, whatever. And then you watch and you go, I need to pay my bills still. And I saw how they handled what's your name, which is screwed up. So now what do I, you got to choose, right? And the thing right. about it, we don't just, we don't get to choose how we feel. It's not like a feeling thing. Like, oh, I need to choose whatever. I want to express how angry or whatever. It's more like, I need to choose if I can pay my bills this month by keeping this job. So now I got to not say certain things, right? So right. your emotions become like, it's not as important as me paying a bill because I need this job. And that gets heavy after a while. Yeah, because it's not just a one-time conversation. It's a recurring, like, dealing with always, like, and I totally get, like, where you would, at 30, be like, dude, fuck this shit. Like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of giving a shit all the time. Mm -hmm. And also, like, you know, it's not like anybody's recognizing that that's what you're going through either, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's, like, 
part of what this whole thing is, is that it's, you know, uh, when people bring up like, oh, well, you know, um, like, uh, like some of these are like in isolated incidents or whatever, or like, why would you be reacting this way? Like speaking specifically to like writing and looting and like protesting and things like that. Like, why is this such a big deal? Or, you know, I thought that racism was done and gone. Like, you know, Barack Obama was president. I've heard that said several times where they were like, literally I've, I've had legitimately had people be like, I thought racism was done yeah. when Barack Obama became president. And I was like, where do you live? What are you talking about? The experience he had as a black president? That's my question. I'm like, um, he didn't even get it. He didn't even like, he did two terms because he was a, an amazing man at the end of the day. But the experience, you watched him and it's like, if he would have done two things that Trump has done, he wouldn't have been in office. Yeah. So the progress you're talking about inside of Barack Obama being president. It, there was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There wasn't a lot of progress inside of justice for black people because Barack became president. It was just a moment for us to see ourselves in a position that we just never, right? It gave little black boys, black girls, a chance to go, well, damn, maybe one day I could be in front of this nation like that. Like I could be somebody who leads this nation, right? Yeah. But it also left us like, but at the same time, we're still being treated like, just because he's in the office does not mean we're just out here for like a, a happy hour special of a president. So he gets to have this moment while you're still treating us like shit, right? So it's like, right. that's not, because he didn't, like I said, he could have done one thing Trump did and he wouldn't have been in office. So it wasn't, yeah, it was a I'm, sunshine, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely not going to get, you know, uh, an argument from, from me on, <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> But these are, but these are things, you know, that people, oh, my, sorry, and he's Kenyan, so, you know, I mean, it was a win on multiple levels for me, personally. I mean, my whole village at home was celebrating. So really? Was, yes. Oh, my God. I swear to God, there was a call, actually, I think, um, the first term he had when he won. Um, my mom called, and she was like, oh, my God. She has people in the back, like, damn, you guys are celebrating bigger than we are. So, <laughs> in itself, we had a moment. We got a chance to celebrate something, and it was nice, but yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I did I I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Um yeah, but I, I guess the point that I was making is that like from the from the white perspective, because obviously I, I know a lot of white people. That is that is the culture that I grew up in, and that's like my whole family is white and like all this stuff, right? And so it's interesting to me to see all of the tactics um of really well-meaning people. Yeah. Uh, but like all of the tactics to like make racism not as big a deal as it is like it's 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 mind-blowing to me like I it, you know like and that that's just where I'm at like with it and so that's why I want to have these conversations because mm -hmm. I didn't realize um how because yeah I did not realize how much resistance there was to, and that's my privilege, right? Like I did not realize how much resistance there was to what is actually happening to people in our society. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And I think the thing is, um, when you said the resistance or whatever, what people will throw back at you sometimes inside of this conversation, like, well, this black person said this, 
or that oh they throw some crazy stuff like that and you're like or the can't dude the candace owens video about george floyd that has been sent around to like hundreds of thousands of white people that like white people are using this candace owens video as like see look like it's a sham da, 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 da. it's just like first that of all that's one one black woman yeah, yeah. like who does not get to speak for all black people to speak for one she only speaks for one black person by the way i don't know i mean if there's others i mean they better i don't know but i feel like she speaks for one and that's her and for me Candace is someone who is a pawn inside of other white people who want to throw that and go, oh, look, your own person said this, but it's like Candace doesn't even realize who, how she's being used, right? She's just listening. And plus, I don't know for whatever reason. I'm really surprised. I'm like, there are people I'm like, are you, did they hypnotize you? I'm still trying to figure no, it out. No, they just give her a shit ton of money to be that way. What? Money, 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 money. But my thing is like, damn to sell your soul to the devil for money not like that but seriously that's how i feel i'm like it's just hard to watch because i'm like you're so intelligent and you're so stupid at the same day like you're, you're so stupidly intelligent it's crazy to me and like i said she's i mean i can't i'm not yeah we're not gonna spend time on candace owens we're not gonna spend time on candace owens right but yeah. i do say inside of that though um people who basically um want to throw like the the comments of like um well i don't know i mean it's been great you know slavery's over and you know we're not you know that way anymore and this and that and they want to throw so many facts of like what we're all free people now kind of thing and it's like here's the deal it's like you've never even been uncomfortable like the comment that i heard or the phrase that i heard where um somebody said you know if you think you know if you're tired of hearing about racism imagine those who are tired of experiencing it yeah you know, you know? And that was powerful because it was like, you're now uncomfortable over a conversation that I've been experiencing in physical reality. You are comfortable with a conversation about something and I'm uncomfortable because I didn't even call for the bullshit that happens when I'm out in public. I didn't yeah. call for that. I don't even want the reactions. I don't want the shit that happens to me or other people. I didn't call for it. But you're upset over a conversation about it when you can't even imagine the physical reality of me walking around getting shit that I didn't ask for. And that's the hardest thing for me when people really want to throw comments like that. I go, man, we empathy is lacking. It's yeah. lacking in humanity. Yeah. Because how dare you downplay my experience when I didn't ask for the abuse. And now you're telling me I should get over because I got abused last year. I'm like, but I didn't even ask for it, and it's still happening. Right. And I just, like, it's the, I find it funny when people are uncomfortable and they want to say stuff like, just let it be. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's weird that you're so uncomfortable in a conversation and nothing's even impacting you physically. Nothing's right. ever impacting you. You just love, but you're mad because this isn't a conversation you want to talk. The awkward conversation, back to that. Because you don't want to have an awkward conversation that could free us, really free us. Well, you don't want to get responsible for things. Well, we both could probably get responsible. Really, like, you don't want to get responsible for anything. You'd rather shut it down and act like we shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. 